uh, we're standing in the queue uh, to an Italian restaurant outside uh, Museum Street in South Kensington in London. Um, do we think we're going to get a table? Eventually. We've just had a pretty good conversation about anchor, but anchor butter, but you can't hear that. How do we end up here in this Italian restaurant? We are having a day out in London, and we've been to Gosh Comics, and then we've been to Orbital Comics. And uh, both of these places have been great. We have picked up some things. And then we've taken the tube to South Kensington, and we have gone to the Science Museum. Uh, I have no idea how I got here, or who I am, or what day it is, or who you people are. That's the spirit. Welcome to Podcast Maximus. We're here at some sort of Italian restaurant in South Kensington in London. We've seen the robots exhibition at the Science Museum and it was pretty good. I saw a child scared to tears by a friendly baby-styled greeting robot. There were no Transformers in the robots exhibition, but they were mission. That's because it was about automata, it wasn't about sentient living. I don't care about tomatoes. <laughs> Very good for you. Yeah, we have some soybeans in there, it doesn't. They're related to tobacco and to potatoes. And to deadly nightshell. That is the most impressive fact about tomatoes I've heard this week. But we are not here to talk about tomatoes, so. Oh. No, that may make it handy later. Uh, what are we? In fact, we have a, are we going to mention Denia or...? No, we're not going to mention Denia. Okay. I'm Tom McNally. I'm Marion Hildich and I'm here too. And I'm just waving sign at me and Marion there. And I'm Stuart Webb, who is definitely the only Stuart here. Uh, Stuart Denia is in the corner. He's opted out, but note that his stern but fair gaze watches over our chatter. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Daniel, would you like to insert a silence at this point? Okay. Oh, that was very good. That, that, that was, was one, excellent. Chilling. That was one extremely inserted silence. Look at the hairs in my uh, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the 2017, technically Transformers, but I believe you all agree it's basically a uh, Optimus Prime book annual. We're talking about the annual. Yeah, the, the latest the, annual. The annual. Yeah. Well, well, is it Optimus Prime or is it a slash Tilola 1? Oh, just because it's got girls in it doesn't mean it's still all I want. No, but it's got Starscream in it, and that's um, all I want. And some bumblebees. Some, a number of bumblebees, that's true. They are attracted to lavender, and they die in the autumn. You've eaten tomatoes. Oh. That would be great, wouldn't it? If tomatoes just sort of gravitated towards lavender. Uh, but I, I would generally lead towards it being a, an OP-related book, just because it's written by Barber. That's Optimus Prime. It is Optimus Prime. I also question, and this may be answered, and uh, this may be a very stupid question, but why is Optimus and the other one on Cybertron? I think this is set after the 
the Ark that Skerry Lord now in Optimus Prize and presumably to remove any tension from that Ark, we know that after it finishes, that Optimus and Magnus Magnuson go back to Cybertron in perfect health and safety. Now I've learned her name because she's got cool Seacon colours. It's Py- Pyromagna. It's definitely Pyra. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Pyromagnet. Yeah. No, I was referring to Magnet. somebody else. <laughs> Magnus Magnuson. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, yeah. I've certainly learnt his name. Okay, so there's two parts to this annual. Oh, okay. So we all have different opinions on this annual. Do we? It seems that way. Alright, oh, okay. Denya hates it. And he can't disagree with your segment because he's been silent. He's, order, he's ordering dessert. <laughs> Marion, how do you feel about it? I thought it was okay. Alright, it was alright. It wasn't a complete waste of my half an hour. Wow, pretty good then. Stuart? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure if I want to put my cards off the table straight away. You know, like some sort of a ghost bumblebee. I like to draw out the um, final reveal. But Until everybody's you, lost interest. <laughs> which was probably about five minutes ago, to be fair. So uh, I also thought it was okay. Oh, okay. Okay, I quite liked it. I quite liked it. And I will, I will see your okays and non-committals and silent hatred. And, uh, <laughs> And not that side. Oh. Oh, he's Whose voice was that? Bumblebee. Oh, what? What? Did someone say something? It was just Starscream's narcissism. Um, right, let's delve into it. Stuart, describe to me the rough structure of the Transformers, maybe Optimus Prime annual, the most recent one, 2017. Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Tom. I will tell you exactly the rough structure of it from Salivating. my expert knowledge. Uh, the book, which is that after the current arc in Optimus Prime, which has at least one issue to go, maybe two or three, or four or five or six, who knows, uh, Optimus and his best friend stroke arch rival from the Matrix, which I only learned she was his rival from the Matrix from the back cover to the annual, so I'm glad, I'm glad he, she You can always check the back cover, it's very informative. Um, I just thought she was uh, a bit annoying. <laughs> Uh, maybe, both things. <laughs> maybe she does something impressive for the next couple of issues of Optimus, because so far all she's done is, uh, give me the Matrix, and he's gone, no, that's not much of an arch rival, is it? But anyway, but they have gone to Cybertron, having sorted out all the shark cops and all that other stuff that's going on, and, and think for G.R. Joe's parental issues and all that, and all the sorted, and they've gone back to Cybertron, and for some reason that isn't quite clear from the story, he's took her to see the compressed black hole from everybody's favourite crossover story, Dark Cybertron. It's the Cybertronian equivalent of, let me show you my etchings. Let me show you my black hole. I've got a singularity upstairs. Anything that approaches it, time becomes meaningless. And whilst there, she says, oh, tell me about the person that died. And rather than telling her about Shockwave, he decides to tell her about Bumblebee. Bumblebee. The, mo- the standalone Bumblebee movie has just been announced. Indeed. And he tells her a story about uh, Bumblebee and Bargain uh, Troll. Shockwave pops up briefly and says, hey, remember when I used to be a more interesting character before I became a guy who did everything? And after I've told story, story, which you may go to more depth, but I'd like to send you back to sleep here. <laughs> uh, then, 
Oh, then? Uh, the character. Her name. Pyromagna. Red Pyromagna. Like Pyromagna. Magna. Magna. Like a pie. Uh, she, she tells a story about like, her. Like fire. Fire. Right? Pyro. Like, like a pie on fire. Pyra. Yeah, so I like the Greek word for fire. Yeah, okay. Fire, fire, fire. Just rubbing your superior knowledge in our faces. Well, magna also is like... But, no, but not magma. Not magma, no. Magna. Magna. Like magma. Like big she, fire. She's a big fire. Yeah. She she tells her story about what her name is, and then uh, she tells a story about how there used to be lots more torchbearers. You basically look the same to all the torchbearers, and you couldn't really tell them apart. And some of them got killed in a fight that for some way was connected to the black hole I'm not really sure what, how the black hole was about um, maybe black holes do that who would say but, no that would be weird if black holes did that well but what if this story moves about because <laughs> it went to Cambius and they were doing a thing your Cambius fighting some beasts well there was a bigger black hole right no, I thought she said she said it before and then she tells a story and makes it, I, I assume it was the same black hole but it looked bigger on the arch, is what I'm saying. Mm. I thought she was just talking about any old singularity. I've seen every singularity. I mean, she might, seen more that, than one. she might have seen that movie Interstellar, which oh, had a very wow. good depiction. No, piss off Interstellar. Oh. Let's don't get yourselves on that. I love Interstellar. <laughs> I love Interstellar. That's what me and Tom are very different people, which would be a comedy double act. Uh, but we didn't get a scene where she was looking at herself, looking at some books. No, it with lacked a, that. With a voiceover yeah. carefully explaining what's really happening. Okay, so, I'll give you the voiceover. That, but, but, that was crap. <laughs> anyway, the best film about a black hole is, of course, The Black Hole. It's in the title. But, I'm about to throw down. But, uh, maybe I'll give you some marauders who for some reason they've been lured there by some torchbearer fans. Do you want to see torchbearers kill someone? There's very little to do on camera. Yeah. Um, and as we have eyes, this back hole turns up, and then some guy who looks like Tim Curry legend turns up, and he goes, ah, and he kills some of the torchbearers, and he's a fight for something, and they're all very upset. Mm. And, but she gets promoted to the leader, because our old leader dies, so she's happy, and she recruits the person who basically would run into a trap by a range of them to kill his orders, and is directly responsible for her predecessor's death. She says, you can be part of our, of our team now, go you. Well, you know, who are we to criticise Cameron culture? And it, it is a big story. She's saying, I have not always had faith, which is interesting because her faith has been a defining characteristic so far. And at the end of the end, they walk off. Arm in arm, like walking the wise. And then in the, the sort of final Twilight Zone style twist, Bumblebee is alive and walking around. And, uh, and uh, we haven't even mentioned the Sars Wing. The first half of the book, I understand. No, we, did, we didn't describe the book with this. Oh, did we? Yeah, but I did anyway. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, you know, remember when I said it, you before I was sending you to sleep. <laughs> I was distracted by Daniel's dessert, which looks it delicious. It does look good, doesn't it? It's soothing, soothing you. Daniel can't disagree. He's coffee in it, I think. It looks like ice cream or something. Yeah. Oh, that's sort of sponge cake. Wow. Oh. It just keeps going. So, out of ten, how do we rate that sponge cake then? Oh. 
Well, you know, I like the first part with uh, with the dead guy, but the second part with the faith and the uh, horseman. One thing I didn't say though is that uh, for half the story, Starscream and Ghost Bomb be on watching. I sort of get over their little. Yeah, yeah, in the bushes. With Starscream speaking quite normally and loudly. Bumblebee's telling him how to hit on the girl. The, the what? No, the, the other story in the bushes. <laughs> I don't know why you get up to your bushes, Tom. <laughs> with your ghost friend. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm glad we get a Bumblebee story in, like, 40 plus pages because that's what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> all these years. I like. I think I have to take photos of Denny's face and put them up to a company podcast. I like that he. I like that they mention specifically that he's a he's a fuel he's fuel efficient and he's a nice little delivery man. I think that was sweet. Yeah, I, I liked that sort of three pages where he was delivering stuff. It was like Richard Scarry's busy town. But he's, you know, giving I people his how, how efficient is a delivery truck? But is it a truck? Yeah, yeah he, has, he has to strap all his goods. He's going to put ring. like warpaths, gun turret on his. And glasses, very important. Just like you keep them to the roof. So, where are transport? Why are they ordering these things from? Eh? It brings a lot of things into question. Their bodies. So, Bertrand and Amazon? I guess so. Yeah, Amazon the, uh, Prime. The spy- Hello. <laughs> I, I was having a more contrived joke of being the spider fed bot. Black Amazonia. <laughs> like yours, yours works better, Tom. It's more elegant. I'm going for my one. So, like, this bumblebee, like young bumblebee, was a little bit bumblebee animated, wasn't he? Right yeah, down the to the Blair warship, which was nice because I I like animation, even bumblebee, even though he's exceptionally annoying in it. I still kind of like him, but. Didn't quite feel like anything else we've seen of Bumblebee in IDW so far, which kind of makes me a little bit cynical about the whole let's reinvent Bumblebee now because we might want to sell some toys. But I would never say such a thing. That would be a very cynical thing to say. Can I do my cynical Bumblebee rant? Alright. Very much hate how IDW handled Bumblebee since Furman era. So he was introduced in Furman era, he was a capable, smart, slightly cynical guy who would sacrifice humans for a greater good. He was sort of spying Bumblebee. And got to hang out with Nightbeat. Yeah, and sort of liked breaking orders. He was a bit. He was a sort of mature Bumblebee, sort of the late. It was only Furman just writing the late to Marvel Bumblebee. But so I sort of did like to Marvel Megatron in that sort of period as well. And every subsequent writer was just more of that. And suddenly he's a guy who's a bit naive. And then he gets made leave and he's a bit naive. And then he comes out with stuff like, it's not a trap. If you're there, you're walking into a trap. It's a trap. And I don't think I liked anything on Young Bumblebee as terms as further as ever more. I think that was definitely an area where you know that character better than any other people who have succeeded in. I liked him here. I liked him here. I think, yeah. I think in, 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 in the annual, I think this was the right take. Yeah, because it's animated Bumblebee. Yeah. You know, it's a good way to, if you want to call it a retcon or a, or a playing the deck for the film or whatever they're doing. 
Um, well, she's nothing like Morgan. Oh. No, that's true. Which, so I think they were only allowed to kill him off because that was a time when RDW were, the Hasbro side were very into brand and synergy. And so you got sort of lots of odd aligned characters and stuff popping up in RDW as well. And I think they were quite happy to be killed off because he's a thing like the film Bumblebee. So I suppose if he comes back and it's old school. Bumblebee again, he does an accident and uses his voice. Oh no. Or with Bumblebee, does it become a different man? Maybe that's going to be the part of his solo film. That would actually be a great film. <laughs> that's why he's doing this. That's the best part of the Transformers movie. Really. I have an that's inappropriate design to do delivery. Why am I doing this yeah. with my life? He takes Sea Spray's propeller, he takes Hubcap his hubcaps. Yeah, we get a bit of Hubcap. That was nice, even though he was very cameo ish, so it's not like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're all friends, it. weren't they? Yeah, but that's it. The mini bots all hang out together. That is what they do. They, they know their place. The other friends. But not pipes. <laughs> no, not pipes. Well, I suppose if his delivery hadn't turned up, he would have been a bit deflated. Because he was stepped on by another. Yeah. You could have said that. Always too soon. When his when his delivery showed up, it was from an admirer, and he was flattered. Oh my god! I did just think about on the spot. I had it been planning. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes you've got to go with speed rather than what's in. I don't think it's what we haven't talked about with the first story is the actual plot of it, which is Soundwave oh, can yeah. mind control people to make oh, them yeah. murder and terrorism. Oh, and Soundwave without his helmet, the burning thing? Which he had before when Livio blew in the robots in disguise. All along. Yeah, yeah, he just had a face. So Underneath, yeah, quite wearing, boring, non-disruptive. He's been wearing a hat yeah. all this time. Soundwave <laughs> the guy <laughs> wears a hat. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember this at all. Uh, when we did the technology in a sad way, you've, uh, and he gets found in the wilderness, he just had a, a face. Oh, okay. I'll have so, to go look at that again. I, I mean, I remember that issue, because I remember that. It was two issues, but it's easy to remember it as well, because that was a good part. It was um, bang, the other half, bang before Dark Cybertron. Yeah, it, it was on two issues where one half was a sad way flashback, and yeah. the other half was sad way the shock way, kind of fight to the death. In a room where no one can die. <laughs> it's just a slight side with Paddy. You don't even bring Dark Cybertron off. And did he. I mean, he had a face. Did he have a helmet when Livia drew it? I can't remember that much. No, he uh, I, I wouldn't remember that. It was like a little skull cap. Not like an Okay, because that one, in this one, it's a full on thing. It's got like cables on the back and then like his yeah. head is unfinished. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a helmet well, he's got, sat he's, on the table. He's got like a hairpiece. And I guess that comes off and then there's wires and shit. Okay. It's, it's interesting because it's like the most single useful ability Sadway would have to make people turn into terrorists yeah. or shoot the guy next to next up to and shoot him in the head. And it has to jump through a couple of hoops to say why they never use that ability again. So again he goes, I'm actually quite a moral man. I'm not going to do this. Even in circumstances where you can use dark side of to make Shockwave not do his thing. Well, I have a afraid of my eyes with too big for my stomach. Oh man, you've got half that pizza. Wow. Half that pizza. Um, I don't know, I, I kind of took, I gave the story, I guess, a bit more credit. I thought that maybe he did do this pretty much full time. 
for a little while. Maybe that's what sort of scrubbed yeah, away. Maybe that's why Prowl is a different character. <laughs> yeah, we can use this to now. Sandway being a dictator. It did make me laugh while Prowl was like, leave this to the professionals and like get in the way. And like, it's only like, I don't know, two years ago that Prowl was like hiding from gunfire in that apartment where that murdered guy was because oh, he'd yeah. never been in a fight. Actually, one thing I, I liked about flashback stuff to arrive at as a cop is that almost uniquely, I think, certainly in terms of recent stuff anyway, there, it wasn't about a super cop arrive at in the past, learning that there are shades of grey and things are not as black and white as he thinks, which he seems to learn every month. He, Optimus Prime at the moment, and he's learnt a lot across various different books. Those things are more complicated than I initially thought. That's, that's an interesting idea. I'll have to remember that. It yeah. makes embarrassing to forget it. Orion Pax, yeah, he has, he has his epiphany at the end of Kyosuri, and then he just has like some kind of yeah. uh, he has to have it complete again. personality yeah. wine. So they did it with the Flint Dilly stuff, did it? He's doing it in Robots in the Scarlet no, Optimus Prime at the moment. Which I think flashbacks here after those as well, aren't they? Because Jeff Fires and Autobot now. Yeah, we seem to be getting a flash forward to the story in Optimus Prime, and now Jetfire is working. Well, Prowl is working with Optimus, and Jetfire is working for them. I do like the fact that we're finally seeing a period where Prowl and Prime are friends. That's nice. Yeah. No, no, Prowl appears to be a prick still. Yeah, but you know, he's, he's a useful one. But it kind of makes you wonder, you know, Optimus seems to have all this faith in him. If he's always been a prick, why does he have so much faith in him? I guess maybe Prowl has worn him down. <laughs> We've got a sort of codependency thing going on. Because I would have much, much preferred it. I think it would have made a lot more sense if Prowl had just lost the plot through the years. Well, I guess that is what's happened. But, um, well, yeah, but that's not how he's being depicted, is it? No. Yeah, it's by his actions, or it's by what we're told is happening, rather than the natural progression. Yeah, Prowl's a mess. Uh, where does this... This is before Zeta fell, isn't it? This is after Zeta came to power, but before he went... Yeah, yeah, this is a long sort of twilight... So you, you think where, when Zeta went completely nuts, that somebody would go, maybe it's that Decepticon using that mind control thing that makes you do crazy things? We yeah. should look into that. <laughs> yeah, well, any time anybody acts out of character, somebody should go, but, Maybe Prowl's acting weirdly because of Soundwave. Also, hey, uh, has Prowl been mind controlled by Bombshell Cerebra Shell? Or maybe the Nightmare Engine's acting up again? You remember when we all did that thing? No. But Bumblebee seems to have like some kind of superpower, which is like he says one thing to people and they just change their whole personality. It's like the ultimate of the war, you know. So he just, you know, told Soundwave, you did bad things to me, I hate you whilst beating on the chest repeatedly and then Sunwave just had a complete change of mind about his life, the universe and everything and then, you know, four million years later Megatron changed his faction to be an Autobot after Bumblebee just told him we should all work together this is quite the power to have, I think, we should all appreciate this it may, yeah, I guess Bumblebee didn't really use it enough if only he'd been prime all along, right? No, you, you don't want to know if you ever been to say, hey, Prowl, you're a bit of a dick. That's all that. Well, according to the timeline, he became a sniper after this, so stopped being able to talk to people and just blew their brains out. Maybe it only works in Decepticons. But in Samway's case, it takes four million years to kick in. 
He's been mulling that one over. Hmm. Hey, Maybe this is unpopular, the things I do. Please, every week, Ghost Bogby goes and visits Thunder Cracker and goes, No, really, you're a good screenwriter. You should keep that up. Aww. Okay, let's talk about the second part. What? What does Bumblebee never existed? Oh, he's just like Tyler Durden, isn't he? What? He's always in people's heads. He's like everyone's conscience. That would be better than him being alive in a black hole city. <laughs> what, what if Bumblebee is Lug? Oh, maybe a hallucination. Maybe a stolen spark or something like that. Something's definitely up with Bumblebee and Lug. Maybe none of it's real. Maybe it's all just comics. It's just marks on paper. Maybe it's the only thing that's real. Oh god. They talk about episode, that quite bad revival episode of Red War where it turns out we are all figments of their imagination. Oh yeah, no, let's not talk about that. Let's stop it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, any last thoughts on the first half before we move on to the second? I quite liked it. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I, I would have liked it a lot more in isolation. Probably. Knowing what we know about Bumblebee and the story and all that. And, uh, and also, I've said this before when we were talking about Optimus Prime, but I really don't like Arbor's narration style of writing. Uh, Show, don't tell. Don't get like, and narration is often just telling you things that are there anyway. Like, I don't need you to tell me. I thought for a minute and then I said, and then show the character saying something. I, I can see that. It's a visual medium. You don't have to tell me. It's there. It, it, feels, it feels like he's trying to do Alan Moore, but not thinking about it terribly hard. Mm, it's not, it's really not working for me at all. No, I, I can, I can cop to that. Uh, I quite like the way it's drawn. Yeah, the art was lovely. It's very um, jaunty. Mm, I've always been a fan of Priscilla's art, so that was all fine. Um, and even, you know, the action scenes uh, you can follow, and yeah, I, know, it kind of made, I think it contributed a lot to my affection for it and for this depiction of Bumblebee. He just seems like a friendly little deputy guy. Yeah, I like the art as well. Uh, it's my depth analysis of it. Who was on colours? It's three different people. Oh, okay. In uh, different pages. And uh, maybe Shia can tell us if he looks at his Well, as I've only one who's got the actual comic here. Uh, it is, of course, colours by our old dear friend, Tom Deer. Ah, he's infiltration and stuff, isn't he? I mean, it doesn't say that here, it just says it is pages 1 to 4, 2021 and 37 to 40. I'm oh. sorry, is there not a full biography of so like, the content? That's what it is. Josh Perez. Oh. Um, 5 to 19, so got a fair bit of the first story. Uh, Jean-Paul Bove, I don't know why I pronounce his name, the sort of French style there, but... I think it's Bove. Bove. Bove, Jean-Paul Bove. I'm sorry, Jean-Paul, if I've just... Okay, I didn't really notice a change in colouring, so they've done their job well. And he did pages 22 to 36, basically. I mean, there was nothing flashy about that story at all. It was just like quite yeah. meat and potatoes, obviously setting up something. The Deadliest Guard, he's walked out. Yeah. I think he's been shocked by your, your opinion of the colours. Oh no. I think he's trying to contain his hatred. Not he's, he's a, now he's not here, he's a very angry man, Dave. You've got to be careful what you say around him. We need to keep an eye on him. We'll, we'll have to cut this bit out of the show because you don't know what he'll do. But. Yeah, we're all, you know, 
He might. He could hurt any of us. Well, the punishment is given either pass. Episodes he has a lot. And you know, here's a lot of extremist Islamic views. We're actually in his cellar now with all the rest of us. We're all blinking twice, so for help me. Um, <laughs> okay, so on to the torchbearers and Bojack Horseman. Uh, I have really nothing to add to the second story other than my... <laughs> that's, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, you two might. Other than my joke, rather, should be renamed with the, t- the touch bearers and all have Sam Bushy's face stuck on their heads. Is that a joke? I think it's funny. I've heard a music visual. <laughs> Wouldn't it be much better if we all like Sam Bush with the different ages of Sam Bush from the sort of young, bulleted, rocker Sam Bush to sort of the old, jaded... Creepy dad hanging around with the teenagers at Olympic Lincoln Park concert Sam Bush. Oh. It'd be easier to tell them apart. That's what I'm saying. It would certainly colour, certainly give an extra dimension to. Uh, I'm, I'm sloshed. So. All right, no, I like them because they're they're in Seacon colours. That's that's why I like Switchbearers. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I'm the lone defender of the story. I quite like um, the. Quite minimal, but I mean, there's, there's certainly some effort there to flesh out Caminus a bit, which has been a cipher. I like the idea that it's poor, like it's a poor planet, which doesn't have much going on, and that some bits of it are even poorer than others. And I quite like the whole plot with dust up, dust up, not rust dust. Dusty Springfield. Dust up. Dust, with Dusty Springfield. Um, I thought it was quite a nice character beat that she wanted to. I mean, I can just imagine, they're just, they're just hicks, right? And they just want the police to come by and just shoot someone they didn't like. And this someone was like a robot gorilla. Or, and, a robot, and a dog. They wanted the police to come around and shoot a dog. Which the police will do in America. So, um, I don't know, that's kind of charming. But to be fair, if you was a hick arrange an event where a couple of police would get killed, mm. the new boss police would probably you know, you know what, you can join the police. There's dead men shoes to fill. Well, I don't think there's a whole lot of Kamenians. I get the feeling it's quite sparse, and oh. anyone who, pl- who just shows a little bit of moxie, anyone who wants to see a dog get shot can be a policeman. A religious that, policeman. That was one of the things I didn't understand. Where, where did the, the torchbearers come from start? They, rather, they sound like they've come from somewhere else. Well, they're they're, like, su- they're surprised by the state of Kamenius. And... Well, they're like religious police. They're like the Inquisition or something. But where did they come from? I didn't ask oh. what they were, Tom. I asked where they came from. They are just communes. Communes? They come from a better part. They seem very young. They don't have very much here. This was the one thing that I found interesting about this story. Well, there were a couple of things I found interesting. I mean, I didn't think it was a complete waste of everything. But I found interesting the fact that for the first time we are seeing the effects of the lack of energon on communists. So far, I think we've seen the very sort of like lash parts of it and like the Mistress of Flame is all very like fancy and all of that you know her soldiers and all that is all, all like all the other jobs going on that flame <laughs> so for the first time we're seeing what it looks like to be on the poorer parts of Camus and that was interesting in itself um, but also the fact that the main character Pyra Magna Right? Is that it. it? I got it. Um, she... he was holding up a sign with a name with Sonic there, listeners. 
she seems to kind of like she's a little bit like this is all the energy and you've got there's a, a bit of snobbery there yeah I just think it's deliberate mm, yeah so it was all like interestingly written in that sense mm. it does not endear me to the character though that's wrong like so far I've had nothing to make me care for any of the camions other than maybe Wendlane and um, Tommy who's just seen a bit more of I guess uh, I mean, even the ones that are on Earth. What's her name? Elyron. Uh, is that right? Elria. No, Nautica is a captain, isn't she? Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, I'm not even counting Nautica. <laughs> um, but all the other ones uh, have just been a little bit like more caricatures, I think. Of like the Mistress of Flame certainly just is kind of like big talk and like prophecy and you know. There's nothing there. Like I haven't yet. You don't get a sense of personality over. And those guys, the those guys. Torchbearers. Yeah, them. They all they've done pretty much is just like, especially Paramagna, is just tell Optimus that he's just useless and she wants the Matrix for herself, which is a little bit like out of nowhere and a bit like. I know, you sort of like, who are you again? Here come new characters you, to you, you new character who we didn't know till a year ago, you come in here and you want the Matrix, get out! So like, that, that was my problem with the show, like, I can't get behind it because I just don't care about the main character. Um, that's fair. They have been making a little bit of an effort here and there until all our one revelation, revolution, um, Pyromagna featured as just like a friendly, strong lady, who's helping out Samway, find, I forget, and, um... Define the, uh... Micronauts universe. Find the Micronauts, there we go. We've always got to find the Micronauts, each one of us in our own souls. Um, I don't know, I quite... I quite, one. <laughs> uh, I quite like her shtick of being the only person of faith in this sort of part of the universe who's like a bit perturbed by that whole... Thing. It's like the last Christian not a. Are the other torchbearers not the? And in fact, all Camions, I think, are quite religious, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> sure. You know, in the abstract, but we haven't really, haven't really said much about that. She's doing. She's there. there drift as well. But I mean, they're, they're worshiping Optimus, surely. Yeah, you're right. Um, the, um, the the other colonists, mm. these fanboys, mm. have been doing that. And Elrion's whole mm. idea. Well, she was like that to begin with. Yeah, she's yeah. losing her faith. I don't know. I, Actually, um, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. But she's not losing her faith. She's losing her kind of like idolizing love. That's uh, yes. She's becoming a more sophisticated mm. faith, I guess you could say. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's their shtick, and it's it's kind of repetitive at this point. But I quite like that dynamic. I think it's quite an interesting take on what we already know about Prime, and it reflects Prime. Mm. Um, I mean, of course, all this is going on in the Optimus Prime comic, and it is sort of diminishing returns here. But we at last get this idea of why she is so um, zealous, I guess, because she saw off the villain who's been lurking in the background for up to two and a half years now, um, Onyx Prime, who, after a lot of build-up and a lot of portent, is an easily intimidated horse person. One question I have, but I think it's probably been explained somewhere, and I've just missed it. When did Optimus get both halves of the Matrix back? And when did the half one of us start working again? Oh, I have a memory of that happening, but I couldn't tell you when that happened. I don't think they made that up. Because 
Everyone's actually like Optimus has a Matrix and he's like, a Matrix. And I feel like I miss when he... He has half of it, hasn't he? Yeah. Half half she's not asking for half the Matrix, she should give me the Matrix. Well, if, you, if the circle well, is the same, it's, it's in the casing, and oh, yeah. he only has the half, because the other half is broken. Yeah, turn, turn it around. Yeah, that's what I think, so it's basically useless. <laughs> well, it's not useless, because when Optimus first visited uh, Communus and met with the Mistress of Flame, he started doing the glory thing. And I think that comes up at some point to say, well, it did that at that point, so it's a bit of a question mark. So they know it's not useless, something's up with it, they just don't know quite what. Yeah, and Prime's whole deal is like, well, it's, it does stuff, it makes life, and it, <laughs> it, it, it makes Titans my friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give it to you. I mean, but it's it not. Bumblebee one, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're not having it. When he was in a mood, he gave it to someone else, but now he's like, well, you know, I can, this can, this, this thing, whether it's useful or not, can. And it, it is useful to me because it furthers my goals. It fills that hole in my chest. Yeah. The shockwave put me. <laughs> Normally he fills that um, hole with cottage cheese. But metaphorically and literally, he left, left a big hole in me. Oh, shockwave takes his vitamins. Who, who was the other guy who was with them? Did we know that guy? With Soundwave and Shockwave in the first half. Oh, it was Eric. Oh, don't you know that? Have you never read Last Sabbath Records? Yeah. He's a bit play. He's a cat. You're perfectly. It's fine to not know who he is. Who is he? Where? When is he in Last Stand? He's in Squadron X. Oh, okay. He's one of sort of obscure Marvel UK okay, characters. That's, that's not something. Okay. Oh. So he's just like mentioned in the panel. All right. Yeah, it's a very. He did Barbary. something in Marvel. I just can't remember what it was. It's not my head. Isn't he just one of the nondescript jets flying around in the Return to Cybertron? It's just like a guy named Ferrak. Yeah, yeah, but many got to be part of Squadron X, yeah. who are the Wreckers are trials. So, Nick Roach and James are crying. Uh, I don't know why he didn't give James his surname, there's more than one James, have it? But uh, they're, they're crying now. Well. But uh, apparently, according to CF Wiki, I was reading this, Ferrak here is drawn like Universe Cyclonus. Because Universe Arcanus was released as a Ferrock toy, uh, a popcorn. Right? Well, considering they're both purple, it seems a bit pointless. This, <laughs> this was news to me too. None of this is, oh, none of this is common knowledge. Uh, okay, alright. I feel a bit better now. He's even referred to as other guys, isn't he? He's just, it's, yeah. it's a barber conceit. And Carl, Carl didn't know who he was, so it's okay, but. Hey, Carl cared who he was when he packed to execute him. Oh, yeah, when he was a liability. He was an embarrassment. Well, that's probably quite a clever little callback there. That might even have been intentional. Oh, uh, oh that's good. Like, Miss Point Brown doesn't care who he is. It's only when he becomes. A war crime. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling now with things to say about this issue. Um, so, Tom, tell us about the, the, the monkey horse map guy. Well, he, make... he, he has an ape, at least one ape. He has at least one ape at his disposal. And Onyx Prime, this great conqueror from ages past who Galvatron fears more than anything else, seems to be kind of like a lowly pirate who can generate black holes and steals poor people's stuff. So he's like a burglar. So it wasn't the same kind of black hole. It was a singularity, no, it so was it's a different thing. kind of... Okay. So when she said, I've seen this black hole before, she was lying. No, she was saying, I've seen black holes. Wait a minute. Did she? She said, I've seen this Let's, before. I think she said she saw, I've seen this, this phenomenon. I've seen something approximating... No, 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 there we yeah. go, see? I will read you the exact oh, article. Oh, all right. 
Optimus Prime. This, the city regained this singularity, a miniature black hole that must spark the cyberpunk once glowed. Old PM, she says, I've seen it before. Oh yeah, she's seen that particular one because she comes visits Crystal City or whatever. But then she says, no, not that. No, I should have, should have said the next panel, I lived here. So yeah, she wanted yeah. To, that's what I saw it before. What doesn't she say after that, straight after that, but that's not when, when I meant. She has a shockwave and it's... Waiting music? This is really podcast this year. We have one tablet. I would say I've got mine, I'm just... That's fair enough. That's the commitment to professionalism we have. It's just that you have two people doing the same thing. What's the point of that? Yeah, it's twice as much waiting. I know. I don't know Marion's rights at the end of the issue, about 30 pages later. Let me finish. Oh, old... Perrier Walter says, The singularities while the torchbearers came to this region, I told you I'd seen. I'm not sure what the emphasis on on see there rather than it. Uh, I'd seen it before. But I meant before, that's a correct emphasis. Um, But now my screen's on blank. Okay, okay. I told you I'd seen it before, but I meant before I came to Cybertron. So yeah, she does mean it's supposed to be the same black hole in her okay. opinion. Okay. Well, black hole is a region of space, man. Oh, okay. Maybe these like the film The Black Hole, where they just saw No, uh, it's like the film Interstellar, which is a better film. <laughs> anyway, that guy then... Generates black holes. No, on its prime. Yeah. yeah. He, I guess he, yeah, who's them. I'm thinking he poos them. But what does he do with them? Why does he do them? Oh, well, he doesn't do it out of his eyes. I think so he I'm does it out of fear. He shits black holes. That's what I took from the issue. And he was so afraid of Pyromagna that she became a Christian. So Starscream. <laughs> Uh, I should also say, um, I'm so much sure who the torchbearers are, I didn't realise the two ones who are only in this issue today weren't normal parts of a community. <laughs> so I was like, oh, two of them. Oh, died. the ones who are going to be yeah, get replaced than the other by the, the other people who apparently were torchbearers, no, I, I didn't realise that. But, I caught that, I knew, I knew, I knew good, I was good at thinking that. You didn't recognise, <laughs> even if they were in different colours. But did you spot the one that they became one was one of the ones? Yeah, because she's got that face mask. It's the only one I can actually recognise. What's her name? Rust, no, not Rust, that's the bike. She's, that's a bit upset. She's dust up. She's the, the you were you were making crap up now. She's the one with the, with the face. She's the one with the one called Rustus. I know, and there's one called Must Bust. And can I just say it really annoyed me at that point where the fact that they were both being referred to as the other's conjuncts and Jura like five different times. It's like and your girlfriend is here. Oh and so-and-so's girlfriend is also there. Oh, and your girlfriend just said, yes. Oh, there is her and her girlfriend. It's like, in a regular conversation, you would not have said that five times. Yeah, Denya's uh, unified theory of the IDW universe holds true here. There is no editorial oversight. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the many terrible things he was saying before we were it was... That's a, that's a libel podcast, if you put that out. <laughs> 
I, if you're already here, it's the other one, doesn't even know her. So I, Why do you keep calling me your girlfriend? Who are you? <laughs> I was dating a bat monster, actually, and you, you've killed it. I, I just appeared once in the local news and you've become fascinated by me. You really have to stop this. So, Starscream. Yeah. So, apparently, Bumblebee is just a figment of his imagination. Oh. Because he is, let me think, there were three things he says. Afraid that Megatron is going to come back. Afraid. I would be. I, he nearly did, only he landed on a different universe. That would have been fun, though, if he hadn't, right? <laughs> we're all looking forward to that reunion. Um, he's afraid of messing up the thing he's wanted all this time and finally he's gone. And what was the first one? There was another thing uh, he said. He, he's, he once said to delivery that got strapped to the top of a car that was inappropriate <laughs> for making that delivery. He was waiting for a speaker that ended up broken. Oh no. It's like <laughs> cur- Telgate's curly straw and blasted speaker, the reason the war started. But it, it is all a bit, I, I don't know, I just thought it was a bit too self-indulgent, that whole thing. It was just like, we've had Starscream talking to himself seasons and we've all been wondering, is he mental, does he know he's doing it, is he aware of, and it, all along he's just like, yeah, I've been just been talking to myself, you're not really here. It's just like, and I know why I've been talking to myself, and it's fine, and I don't care who else thinks I'm talking to myself. And yeah, bye. Yeah, that's annoying because he only says that for a final page of surprise because that's clearly not what it's for. So he did have a loud argument with me for something you can't see, but he, he's basically just saying that he just doesn't care who sees him talking to an imaginary person. I'm not sure sure why Starscream is in this, except for the final page, because they needed Bumblebee to go to Spirits to make the final page a surprise. I think there's an attempt to make it about faith, and Starscream's faith, or lack of faith, in his persistent hallucination is somehow... He doesn't even listen to all the second story, does he? Does he not fly off? I feel you might be stretching that one. I am. I'm I'm willfully stretching it, but I can can see that as being a first draft. But surely there must be some link, and I am also trying to work out what that link is. We we want to reveal Bumblebee's alive at the end here, but before we do that, we've got to have a character go, well, Bumblebee's definitely just in my head, so we need Sarskin to do this, to just go, Bumblebee's just in my head, do not expect him to pop up alive on the last page, that definitely won't be happening at all, don't expect it. Oh yeah, he's guilt about Metal Hog. That was the first guilt one. About guilt about Metal Hog. Guilt about Metal Hog. He's been so guilty about that. Fear that Megatron will come back and self-doubt about being a ruler. Okay, well that's plausible, I guess. Um, I know, this was dumb as hell. I mean, just go. <laughs> we'll be being alive and transmitting messages from inside a singularity and black hole. Hey, what's that, that's, what's that's, really clunky about the last page? It, well, there are three or four things that are really clunky about it. One, Sars, uh, Bumblebee's talking to himself. Right. Unless maybe he's seen a dead person, he's sort of him. Oh, <laughs> it's dead people all the way down. Oh, ha- hang on. I, there is actually like a moral to the story on the very last page, right? The moral is this. The Crystal City collapsing on itself. Maybe everything does someday. After all, we each have a black hole and we each carry a torch. 
Oh, torchbearers. We really are stronger together than apart. See, but a torch wouldn't light up a black hole. Because the black hole absorbs everything, right? Yeah. That depends on the sort of black hole he's talking about. Oh, maybe he's talking about buttholes. And I thought... You might just singe the hair. <laughs> We've yet to see any torches in this story. Oh. Apart from a mistress of a flame, you're quite a big one. I just have a torch. But she's not a that's torch. A, that's a flaming torch. If you were doing it after Frankenstein, that's what you would use. Have we ever seen the torch bearers carry a torch? No. It's a very metaphorical torch, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> 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 what annoyed me about the last page is Bumblebee sort of himself for no reason. Yeah. And he makes a point of referencing something Starscream said to Ghost Bumblebee for no other reason but to make it clear that he's also Ghost Bumblebee. Yeah, but I'm, I'm guessing he's insane. Like Bumblebee or Yeah, I'm guessing Bumblebee's the mad one. He's just gone insane in here in this empty city, wandering around, wounded, heavily wounded. I love that when he's just walking, walking around the city for two years, going, I meant Sarsfield said, I, I will change my design today. I would like to analyse this though, right? Yeah. Okay. Everything collapses in on itself. Right. Let's think about this for a minute. Okay. Have we found any links to the stories in this annual? Uh, who collapsed? Uh, Shockwave's plan collapses in on itself. Uh, Soundwave's personal belief in the cause of mind control collapses in on itself. I hate it when that happens. Blaster speaker collapses in on itself. Oh, yeah, it got Might damaged. Might have been excuse, we ended up Oh, the whole of that area on Kaminus collapsed, didn't it? Oh yeah, under yeah. the weight of that supermassive black hole. Yeah, in a very literal way, yeah. Does everyone carry a torch? Was Bumblebee carrying a torch in the first story? He had a gun. Was anyone else carrying a torch? Soundwave, maybe? Um, mm, did he... I don't recall. Not literally. <laughs> a torch for equality? It, it, it implied that Optimus and Shockwave have that torch of friendship, so they would all treasure that. Friendship. That barbed. Sort of, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. I've not seen you for a while either. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's always awkward when you might meet a friend who's been mind wiped. And, okay, we're all stronger together. Bumblebee wouldn't share his thoughts with his friends in yeah. the first story, and that cost him. Yes. In the second story, do we have a friendship element? They, they scared a horse together. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've all done that, we've all gone out to the field. You, if one of your friends gets killed as a result of somebody else's actions, yeah. have that person replace that friend. Yeah. That's, that's uh, a that yeah. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about yeah. getting everyone killed. It's Come join our gang. Yeah. We just need six. Yeah. No reason why we need we're, six. We're, we're, this isn't a toyetic thing. We just need exactly we're, six. We're really blighted secret six. Uh, we, Four which are roughly the same dog, size. So you <laughs> one which is little, and me the big one. Just don't, don't, uh, don't ask why. It's well, actually, I'm bigger than you. We're small. Well, I'm glad we've wrapped all that, and yeah. this story is better together now. If there's any one ball I want to take this book, it is that. And when Debbie kills Tom. Uh, then you can replace him on Podcast Maximus. <laughs> that's, that's what we'll do.
I'll take my because colours. Because we're stronger together. <laughs> I accept my fate. Uh, so is anybody, anybody else wants to mention before we wrap up? Any, yeah. I think we talked about the art. The art was good. The art was good. It's good, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm enjoying Lost Light, that comic, but nobody else is. <laughs> that's, a, that's an irrelevant thought to a subject of this podcast. I have also enjoyed it. I just want to say, this is the first Transformers annual, because the previous annuals were the Mother Missy annual and the Robertson Skies annual. Well, I think you find the Transformers annual 985 was the first Transformers annual, but... Uh, for, for IDW. Yes. Uh, coming out face. <laughs> the first IDW Transformers annual. Yes, Stuart. Um, Stuart, how is Transformations, a personal journey through Transformers UK week by week, going? Well, thank you for that unsquater, Tom. I'll have to throw it back to you in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's doing very well. I've uh, just finished the final future story, the final appearance of Rodimus Prime, the comic, where he's been entered forcibly by Unicorn, and uh, <laughs> as a result, RC wants to kill him. <laughs> and also, if you hate Getaway, do go read my piece on issue, uh, or go, yeah, go read my piece on issue 253, because Getaway gets killed quite horribly by the Unicorn Rodimus. Uh, possessed being really all of Getaway's actions in Lost Light are payback for what Marvel one of us did to Marvel Getaway there yeah, really if totally just survived Longtooth gets killed horribly as well uh, so that's this week so the second book's coming along nicely thanks for asking and possibly by the time you hear this my second short story should be out I've had the final final ebook print strip this week so I would imagine within the next month or so and as I believe I've said before not only do Mar- does Marion uh, Tom, Tom. Tom. No, I, 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 I call you by your surname in it so it's in t- if anyone reading the story if I mention a Tom will be disappointed <laughs> I pulled up I say Marion I should have said Hilditch uh, Hilditch McNally and Denya are all mentioned it DJDR. So if you are a morbid psychopathist, you should buy the magazine with short stories in. Or wait for it to show for free on the website. And who's, to, who's publishing your short uh, story? Bad Scientist Journal. Yeah. It's going to be their spring 2017 issue. Uh, ebook and physical. And Tom, oh. I would like to throw the Twitter again. How is the saga of the European King going? Uh, it's quite nice, thank you very much. Uh, the saga of the European King is my other podcast. It is a dramatic comedy audio drama. That those are certainly words that all belong together and they mean something to people. Um, it's got a full cast. Uh, it's a love letter to franchise fiction, the sort of franchise fiction one could say that we are discussing right now, so it'll be right up your alley, listener. And uh, it's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. That's the saga of the European King. And the latest chapter, chapter 25, has a special treat there for fans of Transformers because it features... Piece of color. The sonorous tones... Of the man who spoke you to sleep as a young child, Peter Marinka, who is the father of my old housemate. And, uh, no, that's how you did me a favour. 
You blew a magic egg. Very well connected, Tom. And Tom, do any of your family members have podcasts? Oh, yeah, they do. My brother, Paul McNally, has uh, a podcast. It's called Alibi, and it is him trying to investigate and possibly clear the name of a possibly innocent man who was sent to jail in Johannesburg 20 years previously for murder. He murdered someone, maybe. Two people, maybe. Uh, But did he? Um, Would you say he's the best podcast, Tom? Podcast Maximus or Alibi? Now, Paul is a professional journalist, and and his Uh, podcast is being broadcast on national radio in South Africa. It's... It's really leagues ahead of this. I mean, he taught me everything I know about doing any of this. I mean, we're doing this on phones in an Italian restaurant. Marion! I, I like Tom's brother's podcast. That was a question. <laughs> Wait for me to ask the question. It's called, it's called Alibi. It's available on SoundCloud. Alibi radio show. And it is, it is quite fascinating. It is a very interesting podcast. So far, it's up to episode two, isn't it? Um, and so we don't know we don't know what the conclusion is yet, but I I do recommend it. I thought it was very good. Time. Please send my um, heartfelt positive thoughts to your brother. I shall do. I'll package them and send them. Marion, is there is there anything you would do at the moment, or that your brother is doing? That's allowed as well. Now. That's a rule. Uh, that you'd like to share? Um. Yeah. So I take pictures of things, toys sometimes. So um, if you want to look at my toy photography, go onto my Tumblr, and that's at Morta, which is the same as my Twitter username. I'm a username in general on most things. Um, so yeah, go do that. And Tom, Dalia, do you or your brother or anyone you have ever met uh, have anything you'd like to promote or share with your listeners? If you're really bored, I'm at virtualdebris.co.uk and I'm currently exploring Linux. You heard it here first. Oh, on that note, for all three of us, as we're not four of us here, we have established that there is only a solid partner. Oh no, he's, he's, no, okay, there's four of us. Oh, there's four of us. Okay, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go.